Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Tom Harris Live. Today is March 12th of 2011. It is now 10.02 a.m. here in Chicago, which is 4.02 p.m. over in the U.K. If you're listening at that time, then you are listening live. And if you're not listening live, then, of course, you're listening to podcast, and I don't know what time it is where you are. Anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, so I guess our uh, schedule today is a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, Chris is feeling under the weather today. I hope you feel better, Chris. And what a shame, you know, (laughs) already cutting back to one show a week and and you can't even make it for that show. Oh, my goodness me. Terrible, terrible, terrible. It just has been one of those weeks, hasn't it, folks? Now, um, we'll talk a little bit about the the earthquake in Japan, uh, but not too much. Not going to talk too much about that because I'm sure that everyone is completely sick of hearing it at this point, and it's a a horrible tragedy. Um, But, you know, there's nothing that that I can do to help by by yammering, you know. So uh, I will talk about it a little bit, but not not too much. But I'm myself, I'm I'm not completely up to snuff today. I have got a little bit of a a throat thing today, and uh, you could probably hear it. It's kind of just in the back of my throat. I do have a, a beverage here, uh, so I'll probably be sipping throughout the show. And I looked in the mirror before I came in here. Folks, I look like a 19th century German philosopher today. <laughs> um, I have been growing this winter beard since, uh, I want to say, November. I think if you go back and listen to some of my old shows, uh you, you could probably figure it out when I started growing my winter beard this year. And I think that this is actually the, the, the largest winter beard I have ever had. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, I can see it and you know, I can see it without looking in the mirror. <laughs> That's how long it is. Um, and I, I need a haircut in, in a terrible way and it's completely out of control. My hair and beard are completely out of control. I'm, I'm like um, a madman. You know, it's like some mountain man. And, and you know, people are starting to avoid me in the street. <laughs> That's how bad it has become. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that is that is uh, what's going on here. Um, I do have some news. Um, and this is going to be... This is something that's in the works now. I don't want to. I don't think I can jinx it at this point. I really don't think uh, I have anything to uh, to lose by coming out and telling my loyal audience because there's really nothing you can do about it. But it does look as though I'm probably going to be moving house, and that would be in the middle of next month, um, middle of April, and we'll be moving to a new place. Now, I'm still going to be in Chicago. And in fact, I'm still going to be very, very close to where I am. But I went and looked at the apartment yesterday because I've been kind of looking around for, yeah, you know, every year I do this. Every year I kind of look kind of lackluster and, you know, you know a half-ass look for, for a, a new apartment. But this year I kind of have a little bit more of incentive because I'd kind of like for, for Pete to move in with me. Um, and I think that I'll make things easier for, for us and for him. And, and I think that it, w- it would be really, really nice. And I live in a tiny, tiny little place. And there's nothing wrong with the place I am. I mean, I've, I've been here for 10 years. So, uh, you know, it, I, obviously, I don't have much trouble with it because I've been here for 10 years. But I was looking at this apartment the other day. Fantastic. Um, the uh, beautiful apartment. It's a one bedroom, 
hardwood floor. It's a new revamp. There's hardly anybody living in this building. This is a building. It's uh, mostly it's mostly studios, but they have uh, some one bedrooms as well. And and there's only two of these left. So I'm getting. I it's one of those things. And I don't know if you have this in the UK, but when when you go and get an apartment, sometimes it's very very simple to do. You can go and you talk to the landlord. You you give them a. Um, uh, you know, just it's security deposit. And you move in. It's that simple. First to last month's rent, maybe. Yeah. But this is one of those ones you have to apply for. Uh, you actually have to fill out an application. They have they have to check your employment status. They have to check your you know your credit. Um, they want personal references, and and you know the the buildings that do that tend to be a bit nicer. They tend to have a uh, you know I guess a, a less how do you say it without without being you know insulting to some people? You know they don't have the low life. You're not going to find drug dealers in the building because you know they wouldn't be able to go through this this process. So anyway, I'm filling out the application, and and uh, I should know next week, maybe maybe before the show, maybe before the show next week, possibly, um, whether or not that they're going to allow me to move into this new place. If so. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if how that would affect the show, if at all. Um, but I do know at this point that I won't be able to use my same internet provider there, uh, because the the internet provider I use does not uh, service that building. But uh, I'm going to. Uh, yeah, you know, I have to say though, you know, with all the problems I've had with with my internet provider, maybe maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. So anyway, uh, so that's it. We have a couple of comments coming in here, uh, and I've been kind of ignoring them. Uh, let's see. Um, Phil is saying, my God, everyone unwell. Even I have uh, ear, nose, throat problems. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, Phil. I hope you feel better. Um, what this is, you know, basically I fell asleep with my mouth open last night. I know, hard to believe, right? I never, I never opened my mouth. <laughs> so but the back of my throat is really dry um i don't think i'm sick i just it's just um the, the very very back of my throat feels dry um we have another comment here uh nope uh sorry this is meant for somebody else uh so it's oh incidentally uh there will be a uh um Somebody on after me, James Sanders, will be following me at 5 o'clock. If uh, people are around, they should definitely tune in to, uh, to James's show. Uh, just 12 years old, James in northern Wales will be on r- just after me. Um, so we are going to talk more about Finland today because I didn't actually finish, uh, no pun intended. Who am I kidding? <laughs> With me, the pun is always intended. Get that through your heads, folks. The pun is always intended with me. Now, uh, well, we didn't we didn't uh, finish um, our, our discussion of Finland last week. We, we kind of got about a third of the way through it, so I'm going to try to get through the rest of it today. Um, and actually, I don't think we'll have any problem getting through the rest of it today. So we, we will be talking about Finland a bit. Uh, I do want to say, you know, th- this whole um, uh, the whole earthquake thing, the earthquake and tsunamis that, that followed it, uh, been kind of riveted to the news because uh, I have a lot of uh, family and friends in Japan. Uh, people who who know me for my podcast or know, have known me in real life, they know I have relatives um, in various parts of Japan. I have friends in various parts of Japan, and including uh, people who actually, you know, people who are kind of kind of related to me. 
uh, who uh, live in, in the area of Sendai, which is was kind of the area most the most hard hit by the the quake and also by the tsunami that followed. Although it's really dramatic footage that we've seen of the um, you know the tsunami coming ashore. A lot of that came from uh, Sendai, and it looks as though my uh, my cousin uh, who used to live there he, uh, she doesn't live there anymore. But her ex-husband's family still does, and, and apparently they have lost their home. Uh, they are now kind of living out of their car for the time being, um, while the you know I guess while they get things ready. You know, but um, so very very sad. But most of the people who I know who lived in Japan, they they suffered a very minimal amount of damage, if anything at all. Um, I know that one we have one friend who lives down in uh, in Kyushu, down the southern part of Japan. Uh, and uh, they didn't they didn't uh, have any uh, damage to speak of just a little bit of shaking uh, my uh, cousins in Tokyo they had uh, you know dishes break and you know things fall over but but generally speaking they're okay too Tokyo's uh, transport was really really disrupted by the quake uh, you know the trains and buses weren't running properly um, we you know they lost contact with um, um, the father of the family, he was at a meeting in Tokyo, but, but, you know, he turned up pretty quickly after, I mean, once, once he was able to get a phone call through, um, they realized everyone was okay. For the most part, everybody I know is okay. There's still a couple of people who I'm not really close with. I really don't know them that well, but they're kind of acquaintances who I haven't heard from, but I suspect I will be hearing from them sometime in the very near future. So uh, hopefully, hopefully things will be, um, you know, getting to be back to normal. Um, and I think that I think it'll be okay. You know, I, I th- the, one of the things that you know, if this had happened in in uh, you know another part of the world, you would be hearing about you know these huge death tolls. You know, hundreds of thousands of people. And you talk about you compare it to the to the Chile earthquake uh, that we had a couple of years ago, which was about the same size. And you know, in Japan, you know, we've we've really still have kind of you know fatalities in the triple digits. Um, it's it's and uh, you know people of course injured, but they um, you know because Japan has has so many earthquakes and they're they're accustomed to earthquake preparedness. And if you're going to live there, it's something that you you get used to. In fact, I was just you know, reading. Oh, I was hearing it on some of the coverage yesterday. That uh, you know this this earthquake. Obviously, it's a big deal, eight point nine on the Richter scale. But but the day before that, there was an earthquake seven point one on the Richter scale, which didn't even make the news. In Japan. Oh, good, good. Sorry about that, folks. Um, my uh, mixer decided to. Uh, I, it's weird. I, the, the microphone on the uh, connection on the mixer just kind of went flaky for a second. It, it happens. Uh, it doesn't have a good uh, connection. Uh, Suko is listening today. Hello, Suko. Very glad that you're listening today. You got to hear my uh, my wonderful um, <laughs> my wonderful microphone problem. Um, and uh, so we are out here. Uh, Suko is saying that her family got really shaken up, but they're okay too. Well, that's very good to hear. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, Suko. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it seems as though you know most of the people I know who are in Japan are are okay. Um, the other than the, um, uh, the the Suzuki family who have lost their home, uh, they, they lived in Sendai, which is where you you were you saw a lot of the uh, you know the, the footage of the of the 
huge tsunami coming and sweep, kind of sweeping away everything in front of them. Um, and uh, so they, they are living out of their car for the moment while they, while they find other accommodation. And th- th- those are the people who have been the most affected by it. So, you know, do wish them luck, of course, but not, not that they listen to the show. But anyway, um, so I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. I'm not going to talk about Japan anymore. I'm kind of glad I wasn't there. <laughs> um, well, yeah, but who would want to be in a uh, who would want to be in the middle of an earthquake anyway? Certainly not me. Um, that, and this is why this is why I don't live in California, folks. I don't. <laughs> um, now, interestingly enough, I mean they've been having a lot of uh, tremors uh, in, where my mom lives uh, in northern Arkansas. Now they're not really sure why they're having tremors there. It's not a uh, tectonically active area. And there's a lot of uh, speculation that this is having to do with um, with the uh, the natural gas industry and and some of the some of the procedures that they have with the the the, the natural gas pockets down there. Um, so they're they're still I guess scientists are still, still trying to figure out exactly what's going on in, in northern Arkansas, but they've been having uh, tremors there for the last couple of years, and uh, you know not very big ones. But certainly things are going on there that they're trying to, um, I guess what they do is they pump water down into these natural gas pockets to extract more of the natural gas. And that's, um, and that could create some instability. And so, um, that, you know, that for all the uh, technical advances that we've made, we've, we've managed now to uh, be able to create earthquakes. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead, um, before going any further, Oh, we have another message. Is that another message? Uh, no, it doesn't look. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we have. No, this is this is not for me either. Oh dear, that's the way it is with Skype. You know, you get the, um, the kind of messages coming in from from people who sent messages like a week ago. This this is a, a message coming in from Sunday, February twentieth. Believe it or not, so it's obviously not for me. Um, anyway. anyway. Uh, gonna go on. We're gonna move on to um, today in history. Don't have a lot today. Today, March twelfth in history, in thirteen sixty-five, the University of Vienna was founded. In fourteen ninety-six, Jews were expelled from Syria. In sixteen o nine, Bermuda became an English colony. This is this is a little piece for um, for uh, Suko here. In 1642, Abel Tasman became the first European in New Zealand. Now that's the guy that they named Tasmania after. In 1664, New Jersey became a British colony. In 1789, the United States Post Office was established. Does anybody know who the first U.S. postmaster was? It was none other than Benjamin Franklin, folks. In 1912, the Girl Guides, or Girl Scouts, formed in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, the founder was Juliette Gordon Lowe. I just, read, I just read a news article a couple weeks ago that the Girl Scouts were, were not allowed to sell cookies in front of that house uh, in Savannah anymore. Um, in 1933, FDR conducted his first fireside chat, is where uh, he would go on the radio and, and chat with uh, the ordinary people, which is very, very uh, new for, um, 
for for the media here in America. It's the first time that the president really communicated directly with the folks on a regular basis. Uh, 1935, England established a 30 mile per hour speed limit for villages and towns. I, I think it still is, doesn't it? Somebody let me know if 30, 30 miles per hour is still the in-town limit. Um, in 1938, Nazi Germany invaded Austria, uh, the, the Anschluss. In 1958, British Empire Day is renamed Commonwealth Day. In 1970, here in the United States, the voting age was lowered from age 21 to age 18. In 1994, the Church of England ordained its first 33 women priests. Moving on to birthdays here. And famous birthdays on March 12th include Giuliano de' Medici in 1479. In 1831, Clement Studebaker, uh, automotive pioneer, was born, uh, creator of Studebaker Automobile Company. In 1881, Kamal Ataturk. The first president of the Republic of Turkey was born. He was the one who, really the father of modern Turkey. Uh, I mean, he's the one who set up this um, secular state in, in Turkey. He's a very, very respectable um, person. Um, 1922, Jack Kerouac, beat writer, wrote On the Road, among other things. 1927, Mstislav Rostopovich, the cellist, was born in Baku, Russia. 1929, playwright Edward Albee, born in Washington, D.C. Uh, wrote uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Zoo Story. Um, uh, didn't he write Tiny Alice? I think, think he wrote Tiny Alice as well. Uh, 1931, William Thomas, actor, known as better known as Buckwheat from The Little Rascals. In 1939, Barbara Feldon, actress, was born. Agent 99 from Get Smart. 1940, Jazz singer Al Jarreau was born. 1942, Paul Kantner of the Jefferson Airplane, uh, one of the, my favorite bands from the 60s, uh, was born in San Francisco, California. 1946, Eliza Minnelli was born in Hollywood, California, uh, daughter of Judy Garland. She's a singer and actress in her own right. I think most people probably remember Eliza from, from Cabaret, unless you're gay, and then you know her from everywhere. Uh, 1948, <laughs> James Taylor was born. In Boston, Massachusetts. And in 1969, Graham Coxon, the singer for Boer, was born. And that is Today in History, March 12th of 2011. All right, so we're going to move on now. And we're going to talk more about Finland. And I do apologize that we didn't get through this last week. You know, it sometimes you just don't. <laughs> sometimes you just don't get through stuff. Um Anyway, uh, we do have um, uh, a few more things to talk about. Now, uh, I didn't actually plan any kind of a segue into this, folks, so you'll have to excuse me. And I'm having to uh, sip my, my beverage here, so I do apologize for that. Actually, before I get into Finland, I'm going to go ahead and play a couple of trails, and I will be right back. Hello, Chris Reardon here. I hope you enjoy our shows here at United Kingdom Radio. A bit of fundraising now for the station. If you fancy a bit of music in your life, then why not try one of my weekly non-stop music mixes? All music, no talking. You can get a new one each week and download them from www.chrisreardonshow.co.uk. 
For just 80 pence UK, that's about $1.30 US. They are over 75 minutes long and contain some of the brand new club tunes around at the moment in the UK. Download them now from www.chrisreardonshow.co.uk. My weekly mixes, just 80 pence. www.chrisreardonshow.co.uk. United Kingdom Radio have teamed up with a brand new online internet radio music service called You Love It, We Play It, aimed at the over 25s and featuring some presenters that present right here on United Kingdom Radio. So if you've had enough of all that rabbit. Thank you, Chaz and Dave. Then try our brand new music service at www.youloveitweplayit.com. And we are back here on Tom Harris Live, and it is March 12th. It is now 10.23 a.m. here in Chicago, which would be 4.23 p.m. over there in the U.K. Don't forget that following this show, we will have young James Sanders from Northern Wales, and he'll be on here uh, at 5 o'clock U.K. time. So stay tuned for James after this show. Don't have any idea what he has planned today. Hopefully something good. So, uh, so tune in. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit more about Finland now. I'm going to try to wrap up Finland today. And uh, as I was saying last week, excuse me, uh, as I was saying last week, the um, Finland is one of the places where I've been to the most. Um, it's the, con- the country that I've probably had the most experience traveling in outside of the UK. Last week, I talked about my first trip there talked about a little bit of my experience uh, you know, going to my best friend's wedding. Uh, and uh, Now, my best friend and his wife live in uh, an area of kind of southeast Finland, um, kind of on the Bay of Bosnia, on the sea. Uh, the nearest large town to where they are is Kotka. And, but my second trip there, we actually went to a very, very different part of Finland. And for those of you who who may not know, about a fifth of Finland is above the Arctic Circle. And the, air, the sort of Arctic area of, of the country is known as Lapland. And I'm sure that a lot of people have heard the term Lapland and kind of associate the area with reindeer and reindeer herder. And the people who live up there now, you know, people call them Laplanders or whatever. But the, the name of the of the people who live up there are the Sami. And uh, they actually make their living doing, you know, herding reindeer and, and a lot of the, you know, that sort of thing. And that area of the country is is a lot like, you know, parts of Alaska here in the States. So it's a you know, tundra area. There's, it's, um, you know, well, hilly for Finland. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't mention before, but, you know, Finland is one of those places that was just underneath glaciers for thousands and thousands of years. So it's it's scoured flat, and there's lots and lots of lakes, lots and lots of, of sort of these huge red granite boulders everywhere, um, you know, the, the rocks that were dragged around and deposited by the glaciers. And But up in the uh, northern part of Finland, you still have what would pass for in Finland for mountains. Now, they're not very big by, by the standard of uh, of mountains, in other parts of Europe, certainly not like the Alps or even the like the the Grampians in Scotland and the UK. 
they're they're very low mountains. So they're called the Carpathian Mountains, and they kind of straddle the the border between Finland and Russia. And up there, uh, and this is uh, just uh, you know a few miles from the Arctic Circle. This is still below the Arctic Circle, but not you know not above the Arctic Circle. There is a a fifty mile long hiking trail called the Bear's Ring. Uh, now, in in Finnish, in Finnish, they say Karhunkeros is the name of the. Um, I'm not going to bother trying to pronounce it exactly correctly. Karhunkeros, Karhu being the Finnish word for bear, and the Kieros being the Finnish word for ring. So the bear's ring. It's a 50 mile circle, essentially. And it starts out uh, in in this town called called Ruka. Now, uh, to get up there, we had to... Oh, we have a call coming in. Go ahead and answer this real quick. Hello to whoever this may be. Hello? Oh, well, okay. Uh, I guess there wasn't anybody there. Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's trying to call the wrong person. Well, uh, okay. All right. So anyway... uh, Getting back on the track. So, so we what we had to do is, we, you know, from Kotka, we had to take the train up, um, and the train doesn't go all the way up to Ruka. So you have to take the um, uh, a train up to the town called Olu. Now, Olu is one of the the highest cities in the world as far as as being close to the Arctic Circle. It's it's kind of a we didn't stick around Olu, so I can't really say that we really saw it. But it was certainly where you take the train up to Olu and then you catch a bus to another town. And this other town is called Kusamo. And that's sort of the end of the line as far as the bus line and, and all of that goes. And uh, so Kusamo is where we stayed the night that night. And, uh, and the next day we set out on this trail. Now, the trail takes about five days to complete. Um, so we did camp out. And it's absolutely gorgeous up there. I have to say, you know, a lot of Finland is covered in forest, but a lot of the area up there is more like you would imagine a tundra to be. So it is, uh, a lot of it is barren. Now, now the area where the Bears Ring is, it's it's mostly forested. So, you, you know, you have some areas where the forests have been clear cut. And now, now this is it was really interesting, especially at the time, because in 1994, the time when we were up there, there was a lot of, of controversy going on here in the States, you know, the people clear-cutting the forests and people getting bent out of shape about it. I will tell you, after having seen that evidence, this is an er- these were areas of forest that had been clear-cut back in the 1940s and 50s. And we were there in the 90s. Clear-cut forests do not grow back. They, they don't naturally grow back. They, it's, it's, they become the sort of wasteland. And you know there there are you know animals and plants that that kind of thrive in that environment, but but it really does not regenerate uh, without actually people coming in and planting new trees and trying to create you know. Um, but uh, so anyway, we did this trail, and it's it's an interesting trail. You know, this is really really beautiful area up there, and we saw lots and lots of reindeer. The reindeer are everywhere. It just so happened that during the time that we were up there, now, mind you, this is only, you know, 15 miles or something from the Arctic Circle. Um, It was in the 80s. The temperature was in the 80s on on a couple of the days that we were on the trail. Very, very warm. And even the reindeer looked hot. 
that you know the the, the reindeer were sort of, of I would say uh, lethargic, and you could see that they were kind of panting. You know, they weren't used to the kind of heat that we were having. It was kind of was this heat wave that we had on the on the first few days of the trail. It got cooler on the on the uh, on the rest of the trip. Um, you know, back to sort of the normal temperature there, but. It was really, really interesting. You get to see reindeer right up close. Now, reindeer, you know, you don't think they're not that big. I mean, adult reindeer, they're not that big. You know, they they kind of their head comes up to kind of your chest level. And we would see, you know, uh, adult reindeer. We'd see baby reindeer. There were a couple of these little villages along the trail. And it's mostly in a wilderness area. But there are a couple of, of towns, uh, we call really call them towns, but you know, it would be a settlement, I guess you would say. And you would have these uh, people who would you know, kind of live up there for half the year. This would be people's summer places. I talked about summer places uh, last time, I think. Uh, if, if not, I'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But they uh, you know, would kind of go up there and they stayed there during the summer. They would hunt or they would fish or whatever. Now, you're not allowed to hunt reindeer. Uh, so reindeer is, is one of those things you can't hunt. So they don't really have much fear of people. So you can get quite close to them because they know that they're not going to get hurt. And you get too close and they'll, they'll kind of you know, walk away from you kind of casually. You know, I'm just walking away from you. Um, but uh, it, was, it was really, really nice. And you had you know, wild berries along the trail. Sometimes you stop and pick berries. Um, you have these beautiful uh, suspension bridges. Now, if you're afraid of heights, maybe this wouldn't be the, you know, the, best, uh, <laughs> the best hike. But, you know, because you're going up and down hills all day. And, you know, this is the Carpathian Mountains. Now, on a clear day from some of the higher peaks, um, you can see all the way to the Russian border. And we could actually, you know, while we were there, we had beautiful, beautiful weather for, for most of the time we were up there. Uh, you know, a couple of days of, of being too hot, but for the most part, we had really, really nice weather until the last last two days of the trail, and we started to hit some rain. And uh, one day that we actually had thunderstorms while we were on the trail, but the um, generally speaking, we had really, really nice weather. And you have these beautiful suspension bridges going over some of these these gorges, and they you know they bounce up and down. I mean, they're not they're not. Uh, very stable bridges. They're, they really are very just sort of suspended over. And we were able to, uh, you know, cross, uh, instead of actually having to go all the way down in the valley and go all the way back up the mountain again, uh, we were able to cross in a, a lot of these. And you would stay in these, um, uh, stay in these sort of, sort of mountain hostels. Now, you know, they're great big houses. They're, you know, they're maybe two rooms, but they're, they're great big houses. Everyone kind of sleeps in the same room. They had these wooden uh, bed platforms built right in. So you you have your sleeping bag, you have whatever, you just kind of lay your sleeping bag out on this, this wooden platform and you sleep there. And you know when you wake up in the morning, there's 50 other people there. <laughs> it's kind of like that. People just kind of wander in during the night. And uh, so we stayed in a lot of these things while we were on the trail. Um, we, we used our tent, I think, one night of, of the five. And the rest of the time we stayed in the uh, shelters and there, you also find periodically these these lean-tos now in, in finland they call them lavu uh, and it is it basically it's a roof that and um kind of a it's a lean-to 
if you know what I mean. You know, it's kind of this wedge-shaped thing. You're not very well protected from, from the rain or whatever. You kind of have to put a tarp or something in front of it if it's raining uh, to keep from getting soaked by the rain. And we stayed in, in one of those one night. But a very, very, very basic. Um, say there, there's no facilities uh, on most of the trail. There's one little town along the, the way. It's about the halfway point where they have a shop. So you can mail postcards or you can buy supplies or whatever. It's very expensive, but it's sort of the halfway point of the trail. And, and if you, you know, if you have a lot of blisters, you want to give up, that's the place to do it because there actually is a bus that passes through. And, uh, you know, one I did mention, you know, there were three of us on this trail. Um, it was my, myself, my best friend, Paul, and, uh, a friend of his wife's sister, uh, who was kind of a, a kind of a loser. <laughs> won't, won't embarrass him by talking about him, but he actually kind of pooped out, uh, at that halfway point and took the, the bus back to, uh, to Kusumo. Uh, and we were staying. We stayed at a uh, pub accommodation in uh, in Kusumo. Um, but uh, anyway, so so that was the trail. Now we there were also a couple of interesting things. There's a famous waterfall uh, that a lot of people in Finland, the old old people, go up by by coach, and they'll go and look at this this uh, famous waterfall. And there's also a place called Milikoski. Now Milikoski is a is a mill. It's one of these old grist mill or lumber mill set up along the river. Now there there is the, the name of the river is the uh, um, Olanka River. And the um well Olanka means the Olu River, I guess. But um so so this is kind of the area up there. Now you can go canoeing, you can actually go uh, canoeing down the Olanka, and that'll take you right along the Bear's Ring for a lot of the way because we we followed the course of the river quite a bit, and I think think that um, the first time that Paul was up there, I think the time I was up there with him was his third time up there. That uh, you're able to actually canoe down the river, uh, and and that that sounds like a lot of fun, and maybe maybe someday I'd like to do that. But the um, the scenery, of course, absolutely gorgeous. You have all these these uh, pine and fir forests up there. You see reindeer. You see haraka. Uh, the haraka, um, I, I forget what they're called in English. They're there's a sort of crow. I think they're like Siberian crow or something like that. And they kind of they're black and then they have gray. They have gray wings, like a light gray. Um, and then you have magpies, and you have you know, a lot of the sort of indigenous uh indigenous uh wildlife up there not really a lot of large animals if, outside of reindeer um they do have wolves up there during the winter because the, the kind of the wolves come across from the russian border when it's colder out but they they kind of stay in russia most of the time um and uh, there used to be bears up there which is why they call it the bear's ring but there haven't been bears up there for a long time now the the people have kind of you know, hunted them to extinction up there. Um, so probably maybe on the Russian side of the border, you might still find some bears, but not on the Finnish side. Uh, Paul used to joke, you know, the reason why is because Finns love berries and bears also love berries. So <laughs> the Finns kind of killed off all the bears so they wouldn't have to share the berries, <laughs> um, which is probably not too far from the truth. 
and of course you can you know you know fish for salmon up there it's you know it's kind of beautiful beautiful country and and would definitely I would definitely like to go back up there so you know cause it's been a long time now since we've been up there it is a rough trail if you're not in good shape it, it, you don't recommend it you know you have to carry everything with you you have to carry all your food with you you can't leave anything behind you can't leave you know any kind of garbage behind there's no one to clean it up uh you know it's very much uh you know you you pack it in, you pack it out. It includes things like toilet paper. You know, you don't want to leave it there in the uh, in the woods. Thankfully, there are enough places, that, you know, along the way where you can actually use a restroom. <laughs> no, not really. When I say restroom, I mean outhouse. Well, they actually have outhouses set up periodically so that, you know, you don't have to go in the woods. But, uh, so anyway, that was the Car Honqueros. And it was... Um, Absolutely, you know, fantastic trip, and definitely, if you're up in that area, uh, you know, or if you're, if you're going to find yourself, if you want to go somewhere that's really out there and rough it for a week, you know, that is a place to go. Fantastic place, the Um Once again, you know, you take the train up to Olu, take a bus to Kuzumo, and then uh, you can get another bus to the trailhead. And start from there. And it's about 50 miles. It's, it's a fantastic trip. Um, so after that, we, we made our way back to, um, back, back, back to Kotka. And this was a, just a real quick two-week trip of mine in 1994. I mean, we, you know, it was a week on the trail. And then we decided we were going to take a day trip to Estonia. And uh, so we did. You, know, you go to the ferry terminal in downtown Helsinki. And one of these days, I'll talk about Helsinki in its own right, you know, because, I mean, Helsinki, there are, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's not really a lot to talk about, but you know, Helsinki is not a um, a particularly interesting place. You know, you have the ferry terminals there, the, the, the ferries that go from, uh, you know, from Stockholm uh, to Helsinki, you have, you know, the, the um, you know, ferries that go up the coast of Finland, you know, they go up to Turku, and then you have the ferries that go over to Estonia. And a lot of Finns like to go to Estonia, not because they like Estonia, not because they have a similar language and similar culture. They're kind of ethnically related to the Finns, but because they go to buy cheap beer. So you get on the you get on this ferry in in, in Helsinki, and the the ferry will take you to to Tallinn. Sort of the main town in in Estonia. Most of the Finns don't even get off the boat. You know, this is not a big cruise ship. This is a you know kind of a medium size ferry. And the whole reason why people go on this ferry is to shop in the duty free. So they'll go on there. You'll see people with with uh, hand carts or dollies, whatever whatever you call them. I'm not sure what you call them in the UK, but here we'd say a uh, you know, hand truck. Or a dolly, and they go on the boat with these hand trucks, and they go to, to Estonia. They don't even get off the boat, and then you see them on the return trip with this, this the hand truck piled in cases of beer. So obviously, it's worth it. I mean, it's, obviously, the beer is much much cheaper if you go to you know take this this two or three hour ferry ride across the Bay of Bosnia to to Estonia. And buy her beer, and then just go back. 
Uh, you know, it's it's insane what what they'll do to to save a few bucks on beer. Um, now, where where uh, my best friend and his wife live in in Kotka, they're actually fairly close to the Russian border, so they can go across the Russian border to the nearest town. The nearest town in, in Russia is called Vyborg. And uh, they can buy uh, you know, beer, vodka, or whatever they want there as well. So I guess the you know uh, people from Helsinki they would go to Tallinn. People from Kotka they would go to Viborg. Now that can cause that can cause um, I guess inconvenience. I think I've told the story on my podcast. Maybe not. Maybe not here. And if Paul, if you're out there listening, you know you can kind of correct me if I get any of the details wrong. But it was one of these trips uh, to Viborg where. Um, the it was 1992. Um, Paul and and his wife got trapped in Russia because they were actually there during the weekend when uh, when Gorbachev was there. There was an attempted coup against Gorbachev, and they had taken him prisoner and all this. And and Russia sealed the borders, so everybody who was there maybe maybe they were there on a business trip. I'm really not sure because the his wife goes to uh, St. Petersburg on business a lot, but they um. They were actually stuck in Russia for like 48 hours uh, during the during this coup before they finally were uh, allowed to return to Finland. But you know, I, I can only imagine what that must have been like. But uh, anyway, that so we you know, we went to Estonia and we actually got off the boat. We <laughs> we actually went and looked around Tallinn, and it's a beautiful town. I, I don't think there's really enough of it to do a, a show about it, but. You know, Tallinn at that point, you know, they were newly independent from the Soviet, you know, for, from 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 Russia. You know, I guess it wasn't the Soviet Union at that point, but they they were newly independent. They were starting to renovate the downtown. You know, it's kind of the medieval city center, which is what the tourists really go there to see. Absolutely gorgeous buildings. This is a, um, you know, relatively unspoiled medieval town center. And you know the gorgeous cathedral, which was was not a cathedral anymore. They they turned it into to a museum. Uh, back during the Soviet era, they of course had closed down the churches, and uh, they had just finished renovating that, and, and you know just really really gorgeous. And I remember going to the um, sort of a restaurant that was in the basement of one of these buildings, and you could see you know all the original medieval vaulting. Um, you know, just you know, very, very well-preserved um, buildings. And, you know, there, there was a sense of real excitement there because, you know, newly independent, people were starting up businesses. There's the, you know, beautiful restaurants and coffee shops. You know, we spent spent a whole day sightseeing there, seeing all of the, you know, the, the architecture and seeing the renovation and seeing, you know, the kind of the excitement of, of, of the people of Estonia. And uh, you know, I'd like I'd like to go back there now. I mean, now they probably have a McDonald's and a Starbucks and all that stuff. But that, at that point, they didn't. And you had uh, you know tourists coming you know over from Finland and from Germany and you know from other places that are not too far away. And I know that um, I know that there is somebody out there who I know that uh, was one of Mikey's listeners who lives in Estonia now. So maybe he could uh, weigh in on this by email. If you want to weigh in by any, on any of my topics, you can do so by email. Uh, if you can't listen live, you can always uh, email to tom at unitedkingdomradio.co.uk and I can read out your your uh, messages on the following show. Um, 
So anyway, uh, after the um, our trip to Estonia, take the ferry back to uh, Finland. And no, we did not buy beer. <laughs> oh, you can gamble on the ferry as well. I forgot about that. Yeah, they have like a – we didn't do it, but they had like a casino on the ferry where you could um, you know play – video poker or, or play roulette or whatever. Yeah, we, we didn't do any of that. But that, that's sort of the kind of par for the course on these, um, you know, the, the cross bay um, ferries. But a nice day out. I mean, it was like a whole day. You go to, we driving, you know, the, the hour and a half to Helsinki and then the ferry over, the, you know, seeing, seeing Tallinn and then taking the ferry back. And then... Um, Kind of the rest of that trip, you know, we had the, the, my final weekend there. I was only there in, in Finland for, for two weeks. We went out to um, to the zoo in Helsinki. Now, it was interesting because um, the Helsinki Zoo is on an island. It's, you know, because, the, of course, the, it's in the sort of the harbor area of, of Helsinki. As I said, you know, there's, there's what, something like 188,000 islands in Finnish territory. And so you have the um, the zoo kind of out. And you take a, a ferry out there, and it's not a very big island, um, but nice little zoo. It's it's I I I do like zoos. I you know I know some people say oh it's not fair to the animals whatever. And most of the animals out there are native to you know to the climate of Finland. They they're outdoors all year round. They you know they have a lot of Finnish animals. A lot of you know, sort of bears and and elk and well, what they call elk, which are, we we would call it moose moose here, but there they call it elk, um, wolves and and wolverines and that sort of thing. You know, sort of the the Arctic sort of animals. Paul was telling me uh, last winter that the uh, they had so much snow out on the island that they couldn't keep some of the animals inside their. Uh, <laughs> inside their habitats it piled up and and uh the uh, wolverine one, one of the wolverines i guess got out of its habitat and was wandering around the island you couldn't really get get out off the island but um that's interesting that you know uh i guess if there were no were no fence it could have gone clear to the mainland it could have gone over the ice to to the mainland but uh it, of course they do have fences at the zoo so so that you know it didn't get out but um so that was another interesting thing. There's a lot of interesting stuff in, in Finland and, that are located on islands. And there's uh, you know, some of the castles and things are kind of set out on these islands. I think there's uh, one, of the, one of the winter palaces of the Russian czars back when the Russians controlled Finland is, is on an island. It's called, called uh, Savonlina. And, and Savonlina is also known as being a place where they have opera in the summer the, the courtyard has i guess fantastic acoustics and uh, they perform opera in the courtyard of this of this fortress this medieval fortress and uh, paul has talked about that they've gone there several times to see opera which is something i would love to do but uh was not actually have not been able to uh, to this point uh, just let me check the time here. Oh, we've got about 10 minutes left. All right. So um, not really uh, much more to talk about. But uh, one of the interesting things that we did, now I, I went back to Finland again in 1996. And I was there a couple of times. I was there during the summer. 
And that was there again during the winter. Uh, the reason being that I'd kind of started my trip there in the summer um, and visited them for a couple of weeks uh, in, I think it was June. And then um, traveled kind of all around Europe that, that for the rest of that year. And then right at the end of my trip, I came back to celebrate New Year's. And I wanted to see Finland in the winter. And and I have to say, you know, it, it really is interesting. Now, winter time, as you say, they get a lot of snow there, especially where they are along the along the sea. And uh, and it was it was very very cold, but it wasn't humid. It, it was kind of a dry cold, and you don't really feel it the same way as you do here. Now here we have a very damp cold, and it gets to be you know twenty degrees, and it's really humid out, and it's just bone chilling. But there, you know, we were walking around, you know, 10 below zero. And, you know, that's Fahrenheit. It'd be, yeah, colder than that centigrade. Sort, sort of, uh, you know, 10 below zero. And it didn't feel all that cold. And, of course, Finns love wintertime sports. They like, you know, cross-country skiing, big, big uh, activity that the Finns like. Um. And they, you know, ice fishing and you know, a lot of these sort of wintertime things. Downhill skiing is some places in Finland. Most of Finland's kind of flat, though. You can't really down, downhill ski. Now, the, up in uh, Kusumo, up in that area, uh, up near the Karhonkeros, actually the, the end of the trail is a ski resort uh, for downhill skiing. So there is some there, but uh, not like it is with, you know, somewhere like the Rockies or somewhere like that. Um, oh, I meant to talk about summer places. I, I, may, I, I mentioned this earlier. Oh, we have a call coming in. Hello on Skype. Hello. All right. Well, Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Hello. Is this Stephen? It is. It is. How are yeah. you, sir? Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty okay. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a little bit paranoid from the uh, after effects of uh, yesterday, yesterday evening's drinking. But, oh um, dear. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> but so, um, yeah, it's really, really interesting about uh, hearing about Finland. Mm-hmm. I can't I'm very, I'm very ashamed to say that I, I it's one of these places that I uh, didn't bother to visit because uh, I. I was I was on a ferry and it stopped outside of Finland mm-hmm. for an hour, but I didn't I didn't get out. <laughs> so, did, where, where were you going in a ferry to or from? Uh, we were going to uh, from St- Stockholm to the uh, you know the the, the uh, nearest uh, Finnish port, Orland, or, 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 or you would call it Orland. Uh, yeah. uh, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a semi-autonomous uh, group of islands between Sweden and Finland. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, but um, yes, one one thing in, in Finland I'd like to visit if I went, I, I would like to uh, see the the Moomin version of Disneyland. <laughs> the Moomin version. Disneyland. I hate the Moomins. I. Oh. <laughs> I can't stand them. <laughs> I can understand why people wouldn't. I I don't know why. I, I, that 
they have a so hold a certain fascination for me. I should I should explain to the listeners the the Moomin are these sort of it's a it's a Finnish I guess you could say comic. Uh, I guess they're, they're not really comics as, as such, but they're like Tintin, you know, like, like albums of yep. uh, graphic novels, or if you want to put it that way. And they're these creatures that look like like hippos. Yeah, and the funny thing bizarre. is, the, the illustrator of Moomins, um, <clears throat> Janet Torveson, uh, she illustrated The Hobbits. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So she's she's. Done something. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, so that's that's really really interesting. Now you see that you know when you're in Finland, you see a lot of this Moomin merchandise everywhere. That's so that's you, right. You um, can't can escape I, it. I'll tell you the truth, how I view Finland, I probably won't visit the place. I probably won't. Well, I, I am going to, but I, it isn't like my top destination mm-hmm. because. Um, it seems it sounds um, very Swedish to me. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities. I mean, obviously Finland belonged to Sweden for hundreds of years. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. of that. So, so, so culturally, there's a lot of similarities. Now, um, the, the other the other popular comic in in Finland there, there's a couple, but the, the most popular comic book character in, in Finland. Who do you think that is? Um. I actually would say it's Rocky. It's the Swedish series Rocky, or, or um, what's her name, Nemi. That's a char- the the character in Finland is called Anku Anka. That's Donald Duck. Yes, yeah. <laughs> or Angry Duck, as as uh, <laughs> as as he is in Finland. Oh wow! That, that, that's yeah. You, you know, you know what part of his popularity? This popularity is. Very enticing, um, like man- manga or anim- sorry, anime-sized comics, mm-hmm. and you, you, I don't read the things, but okay. uh, on the um, spine of each, you have another piece of the picture. Oh right, yeah, okay. So, okay. so they're very, they're very um, collectible, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And they, yes, and and they're, they're 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 kind of a cult. It's kind of a cult thing. Suko um, wants to know if you have a cold. No, I haven't actually. No, oh, no. Okay. okay. No, that, that's that's a bit worrying. <laughs> <laughs> no. You said you were going to take a trip down to uh, uh, Sweden one of these days. To where? It's all to Sweden. Oh, to, to Sweden. Up. Yeah, one of these days I will. Um, I don't know when. I, I've got right now, you know, with the... Uh, uncertainty about my job and going to be moving and, and all yeah. this other stuff. Um, but, you know, I do want to come to uh, uh, to Europe at some point uh, next year, maybe, maybe this year. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see, because it, it depends a lot on my uh, my employment. Oh, I, I, know, I know. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do yes. have a road trip as well planned, and that, that is going to happen. Um Probably sooner rather than later, um, but as soon as as soon as my job ends, basically I'm going to hop in the car and take two weeks and uh, go visit family and so forth here in the states. I'm probably also going to swing by um, Kiefer visit uh, Stacy. Oh, I see. Oh, right. Yeah. Now um, it's, it sounds like your family is spread out over quite a wide area. 
We are, yeah. We're we're kind of spread out all over the world. Oh, oh I, 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 when I hear about people taking road trips and things um, like that, I really wish that I, I, I had it in me, but I, I don't. I don't know if I would be up for it, really. Uh-huh. You know, um, but um, well. well uh, it's it's been a very interesting show. I think I'm going to go going to go now. All right, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's just about time for me to log off. So, um, bye, bye, bye. All right, and that was Stephen. Um, and uh, we're out of time, folks. Time to go. Yeah, once again, thanks for listening. Um, I might have some closing thoughts on on Finland next time. Talk about summer places or whatnot. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much it. Anyhow, thanks very much for listening. Uh, it's been a very quick hour today. Talk to you all later. And uh, stay tuned for James, uh, coming up next, James Sanders, at 5 o'clock. This is Tom in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, signing out.